And now, ladies and gentlemen, please fasten your seatbelts. Welcome to PreneurCast. Yeah, business cards being swapped, beers being drunk. Can I say a nasty word? Can I say procrastination? With Pete Williams and Don Gosher. How well did that go down? We'll talk about that entire thing in a very another rant and soapbox episode if you want to. Visit us online at PreneurMarketing.com. Hey everyone, Pete Williams here. If you're a first time listener to PreneurCast, welcome. If you're a long time listener and have been with us for the entire three years we've been doing this show, welcome back. We really do appreciate your attention and support. Dom and I love doing this show and sharing our experiences and case studies and projects we've been working on to help you increase your business and your marketing. Now, as you may know, we're currently taking a short hiatus, a bit of a break from recording live episodes. After three years, we have a huge collection. So we thought, while we take this break, why not replay some of our best episodes? And today is no different. In this episode, we're replaying one of our earliest podcasts on a topic that's very close to my heart, core versus mechanics. This is a principle that I've used in every single one of my projects, whether it was selling Australia's version of the Yankee Stadium, the Melbourne Cricket Ground when I was 21 years old, or when we started our telecommunications company, Infinity Telecommunications, and every other project that I've stumbled across. It's this core versus mechanics mentality that's helped me leverage my time, my team, and really grow our businesses faster than I could have otherwise done. So if this is the first time you've heard us talk about core versus mechanics, you're in for an absolute treat. If it's the second, third, or 15th time you've heard me talk about this important principle, still take the time to listen, grab your notepad, because I'm sure you'll find at least one or two golden nuggets that you're not implementing right now in your own projects. So sit back, enjoy this replay of Core vs. Mechanics, and we'll be back with you very, very shortly with a whole range of new live episodes of the Preneur Marketing Preneurcast podcast. We're talking outsourcing, but but I guess more importantly, what what we sort of spoke about last week that we're going to cover was this concept of Core versus Mechanics, uh, and a, a real sort of distinction is probably a, a, a good term to use for this because I've done uh, a number of interviews and, and, and webinars for, for friends and their communities over the last couple of months around outsourcing. And this has kind of been, I guess, the biggest distinction that I've had feedback on, which is really, really cool. And it's something that I didn't really plan to be um, a, a key part of the, the various interviews or, or conversations I had, but it seemed to be the thing that stuck the most. So we thought we'd, we'd peel that out and, and talk about it a bit today on the show. I, I have I have a lot of thoughts about the whole outsourcing thing, but it, as you say, it's that distinction between mechanics uh, and core business that I think is what most people have trouble with. I think if you can if you can put your finger on that, and hopefully we're going to kind of delve into what those two terms mean before we kick off. I think if you can put your finger on that, it makes a, a huge difference uh, to to your ability to outsource, but also just the way that you look at your business. Yeah, absolutely. Because this applies to whether you're an online internet marketer or a, a real world telco company. I've definitely applied this uh, in in my businesses and applied the way that works and that concept through the um, the way we outsource is probably a good way of putting it. Yeah, and, and before we before we do go, kind of get into definitions and really kick off on this episode, I just want to be clear for anybody who's thinking of switching off four minutes into the, into the show, 
we're talking about outsourcing in the most generic term, in the terms of getting somebody else to do the things that are not core business so that you can focus on core business. We're not just talking about the current trend in in the internet marketing or online marketing world of getting somebody in a country of, of, of random denomination uh, to build a website or sales page for you or do something else online of possibly questionable uh, origin. Um, this is this is a generic thing about uh, that is applicable to all businesses and that's what's really important here. What we're going to talk about is is it's for everybody uh, and it's a way of looking at your business not just a, a way of getting a website built. So uh, I just wanted to clear that one up before we kick off. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll use some internet marketing examples because I know a lot of the audience are sort of that way inclined, shall we say. Uh, but there's also plenty of people who have real-world businesses that listen to the show. So we'll definitely use some examples that, that I've taken from my telecommunications company uh, and the various sort of business units under that and, and how we've applied this sort of methodology to that too. Sure. Yeah, I mean, the, the, just because just because I, I said it's not about internet marketing, there's a lot of things to be done online, even if you are a bricks and mortar business, and you might be you might be you may not have the skill, which is one of those basic things that causes you to to try and outsource something. So it's definitely applicable. So let's get into this definition of of mechanic versus core. Let's define what we're talking about first before we look at all these examples, because I just want to make sure everybody's clear on where we're going with this. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the core and the mechanics can be sort of applied to a, a an umbrella type look or a helicopter view as well as a very granular view and we can definitely delve into some granular type scenarios. So obviously, you know, at a very high level if you take the the e-myth style approach that let's say for example you are a uh, someone who's good on the tools. So you're a a plumber, you're a roof tiler, you're a graphic designer, you're somebody who actually has a, a core skill set and that's what you'd love to do. So when you actually start a business, you should be looking at doing the, the stuff you love. Um, I, hopefully as a business owner and entrepreneur, the thing you love is marketing and sales and that sort of stuff. But let's say you want to start a business that where you want to be a baker and all you want to do is bake bread all day and make beautiful cakes. Well, obviously for that business to thrive, you have to worry um, or someone has to worry about the marketing, about the sales, about the HR. So if all you want to be in your the core for you is to do the cake making, then you need to actually outsource or find someone else to do the other elements of the business. That's a very high-level e-myth approach to this. Uh, I guess a different way of looking at it is that if you are an entrepreneur and you like the sales and marketing things, then everything else in your business, in my opinion, if you're a real entrepreneur at heart, uh, the mechanics of that, the delivery of the service, the bookkeeping, all that sort of stuff are just the mechanical tasks that need to actually happen to allow you to have a before and after unit. If uh, you're familiar with the the work that they talk about on I Love Marketing Podcast, Dean Jackson speaks this quite a lot. He has a, the before, during and after unit. The before unit is the sales and the marketing that you do before you actually produce or provide the service. The during unit is obviously the providing of the service or delivery of the product and then the after unit is obviously the back-end upselling cross-selling stuff that you've got to be doing so from that perspective if you look at it you know the mechanical part of the business is is the during unit and you want to try and systemize that or outsource that or get staff to, to do that for you so you're not worrying about delivering the service you're worrying about all the marketing and the sales and and that sort of stuff 
you know, another way of looking at it, as I sort of alluded to before, is obviously the bookkeeping. You know, that's something that as an entrepreneur, you shouldn't have to be to do. You should keep your eye on the numbers of the business. There's no question about that. You should be focused on the financials. But doing the entering of the accounts payable invoices and that sort of stuff is a mechanical kind of task where there's no value being added. Is that a fair sort of, I guess, high-level introduction, Dom? You know, sort of a bit about this concept. We've spoken about this before. Yeah, I, I just if, I'm going to try and put in a few other examples, or or just tweak your examples, just to make sure everybody's clear. Um, and then I want to I want to go towards why this is important because uh, you, you did talk about it a little bit there, but it's it's important to talk about why it's important to make this definition and this distinction. The E Myth, and we've we've joked about how much I like that book and how many times I've read it, but the E Myth is one of the kind of core texts on this it's definitely worth going and, and reading it through um and uh, obviously i'll refer to one of our sponsors later about a good way of catching up on that but um mechanics to me as as you various examples that you've given mechanics to me are are anything that's repeatable anything that you can write down about how to do um, in a sequence of events, it is potentially mechanics. Potentially mechanics, um, and this is something that I've I've struggled with in my own businesses myself. Defining something as being mechanics versus having some element of creativity, but it is about defining that core business. If you if you are the baker and you want to run a bakery, then a, a good delineation there is that. There's a degree of skill that you've developed over years to to bake the things that you bake, the cakes and pastries and things. And there's a degree of creativity to it as well to come up with new product ideas. But that's the thing that needs you and, and your skill and your knowledge. But it doesn't need you and your skill and your knowledge to put those things on the shelves to make sure the shelves are stocked, to make sure the shop is clean, to to serve the customers, to be on the till, to manage the money that's in the till, to to count up at the end of the night, or any of those things. Those are, in a, in a bakery, those would be the mechanics. Those would be the things that you could define a set of standards for uh, and a series of, a sequence of, of protocols or uh, just a checklist of things to do, because we like our checklists and frameworks, and then leave it to somebody else. Um, and this is why I said at the beginning that, that it, we talk about outsourcing, but it, other people would just look at what I described as, well, hiring somebody to do the job, or hiring staff. It's, it's the same principle that, that what, where we're going with this is that we're looking for places where somebody else other than you can do those mechanical tasks so that you can get on with the thing that actually adds the value to the business. And I think that that's it, really, isn't it? The the difference between core business and mechanics. Core business is the thing that makes the business the business that that is the product that makes you and your your service or product unique, um, and that that grows the business as well. Things that, as you said, you know, the marketing ideas and coming up with things like that. So that to me is the distinction uh, between core and mechanics. Um, very flippantly, if somebody else can do it, it's probably mechanics. <laughs> if only you can do it, it's probably core business. Hey, absolutely, and I think you know that 
that's a beautiful, articulate way of describing that. And if we sort of get a bit more granular with it, like something to give you another bit of an idea of how we've applied this to our business when we actually apply it directly to outsourcing, we obviously have a lot of transactions going through our our, our business in the, in the telco uh, business anyway From because under that we've got a number of e-commerce sites and a whole bunch of, you know, purchases and, and sales and stuff going through that business. And obviously we, we looked at it and re- reassessed this recently and we found that there was obviously a lot of very – mechanical tasks being done in that our system requires us to create purchase orders when we actually purchase goods to be drop shipped to a client or to be sent to our you know warehouses and stuff like that and you know the entering of the accounts payable invoice is very very basic it's very mechanical it does the purchase order match the purchase sorry does the invoice match the purchase order yes okay enter it in no well escalate it to actually uh, be reviewed. So what we've done is we've given access to our uh, accounting system with limited and obvious restrictions to one of our Filipino team who now have an email account that receives all our purchase orders and all our, more importantly, accounts payable invoices from our suppliers. And then she goes and actually enters them in when they match a purchase order. The ones that don't match a purchase order get escalated back to office here in Australia to be looked at, reviewed, and then assessed on a uh, on an individual basis. So we've been to outsource the real low-level mechanical parts of that accounts payable process, you know, and even to the point where there's other things that are being done that are very, very mechanical. That the email gets sent from our team in the Philippines, whether it's an order or a receipt or whatever it might be, a copy of an invoice, for example. But we've set up the system so the replies to that email address come into our office in Melbourne. So all the actual outbound low-level mechanical stuff that's being done from our accounts team, which is just simply rinse and repeat, follow the process, hit a button type process, happens offshore. But all the replies come back into our team here in, in Australia to actually be dealt with um, with you know some knowledge, some expertise, some understanding, uh, and obviously then address with the clients. So that's a, a great, very low-level, granular example of how you can apply the, the core versus mechanics approach, not just to you as an entrepreneur, but to your team and your individual business units and divisions and processes. Yeah, there's two things you said there that I want to pick up on. One of them, one of them is a tiny digression, but is relevant, and the other one is absolutely core to what we're talking about. The first one is you mentioned that you use a, a team of Filipino outsourcers, uh, and I just want to flag that one to people listening who kind of aren't in the the big big business of outsourcing. Um, and you're using a principle there that you and uh, Dave Jennings have talked about in the past called geo-arbitrage, where because of the exchange rates and things like that, you're actually able to pay somebody what it, what in their currency is a very good wage, but you're able, because of the exchange rates, it's, it's very economically viable for you to hire them. Um, it's cost-effective, sorry, for you to hire them because of the exchange rate. So you're actually giving a good, a, a good wage and a good job to somebody who's in a different country, but because of the exchange rate, it's very cost-effective for your business. Um, and you're taking those tasks, to bring us back online with, the, with what we're talking about, you're taking those those more mechanical tasks and you're putting that work out, potentially because that person isn't able to be trained to the same high level because they're not inside your organization, but they are able to follow these mechanical tasks. Um, now, just to map that to what we're talking to and map that to any business, a lot of... 
mechanics don't necessarily need to be outsourced as in a new person is hired or a person overseas is found to do it. It can literally just be that you look at it and go, this doesn't have to be me doing this. Somebody else in my organization can perhaps add one more step to their checklist and save me a lot of work. Yeah. Uh, yeah or you could actually get a product, a tool, a service to do it for you as well. There's that sort of idea that applies here as well. Absolutely. And that was my second point that you, and this is brilliant because it's exactly what I was going to say. You mentioned systems and there are now an infinite number of things out there. You don't have to have to commission specialized software, which is what in, in previous years people have done. The success of big, big, big businesses like SAP, the, the multinational world dominating customer resource management behemoth that it is grew up because people went, this is mechanics. I don't want to do this. My, my, purchase orders don't match my sales ledger i want a computer to work that out for me and tell me uh, and that's how they grew but these days it could be as simple as having a google doc that's shared between you and your team that people can just tick a box in um and that communication and and, and that process can be improved massively or, you know, you can look for a piece of software on your computer or an online service that, that handles this, as you say. But it's a system, whether it's a software system or a, a checklist uh, or any of those things, that can be a form of transferring the mechanics away from you over to somebody else or another or another system another service it's a way of getting getting mechanics off your plate which is really what we're talking about the the core of this is is getting the mechanics off your plate so that you can get on with core business yeah yeah absolutely and and what i'd love to do is give uh, an example that relates more to internet marketing uh so it'll Mm -hmm. sort of obviously be relevant to that part of the audience who listen to the show but it'll actually show you how you can actually break up a task itself into core mechanics. So not only oh, do you great. break up you know, tasks from core tasks to mechanical tasks, but there may actually be a task itself that can be broken up into individual action steps where some of it's core and some of it's mechanics. And, and an example I shared recently when I was uh, a guest speaker at Ed Dale's recent Platinum Mastermind event that he ran here in Melbourne last week, I came in and, and spent a, a bit of time doing a session and stuff with some of his uh, Platinum members, which went really, really well. And we kind of discussed and had a conversation around this point. And an example I used that really sort of made sense to the audience there was this conversation around forum posting. Now, if you're an internet marketer or even if you're not an internet marketer, you're just an entrepreneur, you kind of understand if you're in that online marketing space and, you know, the whole idea of being an online internet marketer is to somewhat be a, a market leader or a, a market maker and that you make the conversation and you lead the conversation in a particular niche or niche. So a, a core part of that as a uh, as a, a job description, so to speak, is to obviously going into forums quite regularly and being active and adding to the conversation and all that sort of stuff. And and most people, when you look at that, they think that's something that has to be done by them because it's their voice, you know, in the forum, writing the comments. They can't outsource that entire 
well, I can't outsource any forum posting or any element of forum posting because if they get someone else to do that, it's not going to be in their voice. It might not be consistent to sort of their message and their voice and, and all that sort of stuff. And that's very, very true. But if you look at the actual action steps that make up forum posting and you break that down, you actually see there's some core and some mechanical steps that are involved in doing forum posting. For example, the first part of when you actually go to do forum posting as an activity is you log into a forum and you get distracted for 45 minutes while you try and find three or four threads or conversations that are happening on that forum that are relevant to you, your expertise, your niche, and things like that. So that's what is the very first step of doing forum posting is trying to find some threads that you want to contribute to. The second part or the second step to that we break it down is to actually think and formulate a response to the thread or to the question being asked by the original poster who's actually posted in the forum. Then the third action step that makes up forum posting is to actually physically enter in that response articulately into the forum and submit it to the forum. That's basically fundamentally the three action steps that you go through to do forum posting. Is that pretty clear? Yeah, yep. Okay, so if you look at those three steps, let's actually break them down and see what is actually core as a internet marketer or market leader and what is actually mechanical that could actually technically be outsourced or leveraged is probably even a better term to use. Now, if we break it down and think about it, obviously the topics of expertise that I might want to talk about in a particular forum can be broken down into keywords and phrases and topics. I could easily write down that these are the four or five topics that I know um, uh, I know about, I can contribute, I've had some experience with. That's pretty straightforward. So realistically, tr you know, trolling through or, or, or you know, sifting through uh, a forum to try and find four or five recent threads that relate to my topics is pretty easy because I could get an outsourced team member to do that. If I give them a list of the four or five forums that I want to be proactive in and the four or five topics or keywords that I want to actually comment on and contribute to, they could literally spend that 45 minutes that I referred to earlier and go through the forum and find the top five or six or seven or eight threads from that day that relate to my area of expertise. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I've got a, I've got a plus to that, but I'll, I'll let you go on because this is a great example. So fundamentally, I've been able to actually, the, that element, when you look at it in its real, um, shine a light on it and look at it by itself in isolation, it's very mechanical. Yes, you do it yourself, but realistically, the actual action steps to find the threads or at least isolate and sift through the, the threads is very, very mechanical. So if my outsourcer can do that for me and then simply email me at the end of the day or the start of the day or whenever it might be, here is the top eight threads that are relevant to you today. That saved me a heck of a lot of time. It saved me getting distracted first and foremost and it saved me wasting time reading threads that are completely irrelevant to me and my area of expertise. So they've done that. It's very, very mechanical. I can then look at those four or five threads they've suggested, you know, think and you know, come up with a response to each of those threads and hypothetically record an audio response to each one of those threads. Open up Jing Project, for example, or Screener or you know, some sort of audio recording device and just while it's on my screen there, look at the forum thread the questions being asked, the discussion that's being had to date, and then just talk my response back into a microphone. 
because that's the core element of actually the forum posting. If you break it all down, the core of it is, for me as a market leader, is contributing my experience and what I've learned and what I've found into the thread and into some advice back to the person who's asked the question or contributing and adding value to the conversation. That's the core of it and that's my voice. But then if I give that those audio recordings to an outsourced team member who can then transcribe what I said, clean it up, make it articulate without losing the voice or the core message and then do the posting of that response back into the thread. That again is mechanical. The actual typing of the words and the submission into the thread is the mechanical element. The core was my personal response, my take on the conversation. That's the core. The before and after of that is very mechanical. So I can easily outsource that. So that's probably a good example that really is very easy to understand where you look at an exact task that on, on the face of it, you can't you know, outsource or leverage forum posting because to do that, you outsource and leverage the entire process to somebody who's going to start posting in your name but not with your voice or expertise. Whereas if you break it down into the actual physical actionable steps that it takes to do the task, you can then look at which actions are mechanical and which actions are not mechanical. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I love that because that is, I think, the biggest challenge in in all of this is when you look at the whole thing as a task, you are overwhelmingly directed towards it being something that you have to do because there's an element of it that's uniquely you, your, that has your voice, your expertise in it. But if you stand back and break it down, you can see that not only are there mechanical tasks in it but they're also the mechan the, the parts of the of the the overall thing that are going to take the most time and um I, just to just to what, what was in my the forefront of my mind as you talked about that is being able to break down what um in in the getting things done world is called a project See, if you look at it as a single point task, then it becomes something that you have to do because it's unique to you. But if you're able to stand back and say, it's actually a project that's made up as a series of tasks, then you can start identifying each step and identifying the parts of the mechanics. I do recommend uh, reading the Getting Things Done book for the, the chapter that they have in there, which is fantastic, on taking something and breaking it down, defining something as a project and breaking it down into its tasks. They have a great little process in there for doing that. And that's core to this because, as you say, that the, the, the trolling the forums, looking for posts and threads that are relevant to your business can be outsourced. It can also even be automated to a point if you've got the right technology set up and it's not complicated. You could use something like uh, Google Alerts or Google Reader, uh, which is technology that we can talk about another day but that's a, a system that can literally sit there watching the internet for new things to appear and send you an email at the end of the day or the end of the week with a list of opportunities yes if you can you can very quickly without any involving any technology just give a list of keywords to your outsource team and ask them to go look in your favorite places and the other thing that struck me about this is that nothing that we're talking about is actually new and I think this is a big thing for me. If you're involved in the online marketing, internet marketing space, the last couple of years have been full of, and are still full of people telling you, you need to outsource, you need to outsource, you need to outsource. But for years, decades, 
people like uh, lawyers. Lawyers don't write up their own client letters. They have little dictaphones. In fact, the dictaphone companies are kept in business by lawyers who sit there at their desk with the client file with some illegible scribbled notes in it with a dictaphone, and they just talk out their letter. And they have transcribers. It might be a secretary. It might be a professional transcription service. But they don't type. They can't type. They just talk into this thing because their time is valuable. These guys bill by the 15-minute segment. Their time is that valuable. So they're not going to use up any more than they have to of their own time doing the mechanics. They identified what was mechanics in their business years and years and years ago, before probably before the internet was even thought of, and have been doing this that way. Similarly, um, I know that some people for many years have used press clipping services where somebody is paid to scour the what was the newspapers back in the day and every day they're presented with a file that literally somebody has cut in the in years gone by somebody has literally cut out the articles that were of interest to this person and present them to them so these people don't have to a pick up the newspaper b look in the newspaper to find out what might be interesting and then c find all the parts of that article put it all together before they can start reading. So even though it's an incredibly simple example, your example is, is great for its kind of complexity or the, the, the overall project that's broken down into tasks, but there are these examples and, and opportunities everywhere in every business where even the action of looking for something is mechanics. Just looking for an opportunity looking for somewhere to advertise, looking for a forum post to respond to, looking for people on Twitter that are talking about the things you were talking about that you might want to have a conversation with. Another thing that I know that, that you have done in the past is looking for people to interview on a topic. These are all mechanical tasks that somebody else can do if you can just give them enough guidance. Um, and it's the time saving just by doing that that then feeds into you as the person that gives the content. I love the add-on though. I, I wasn't expecting that. The, the add-on where you uh, record your response in some kind of audio device and then you get that transcribed and that's how you get the post theoretically done. I love that. I know you do that with your email, uh, <laughs> which saves you, which saves you ages. Uh, even, even myself here, I consider myself a, a, quite a swift typist. Um, it's always easier for me to record an audio or a video response to somebody. So I think that's a great add-on as well. It's Bill Gates' fault for making Word with uh, spell check because I just decided not to learn how to spell in high school. <laughs> but and this this is another point. This is quite important. You say that you're happy to give an audio file with your response on it to an outsourcer and for them to post on the forum. A lot of people would panic at that point because they think, well, what if somebody puts the comma in the wrong place or, <laughs> or wrong capitalization? Or they get, People get really hung up on this stuff. And, and it, that's not core. Your message, your voice, your knowledge, your response is core. Trust me, just look anywhere on the internet. I mean, okay, in terms of business publications, I would have a different opinion on this. And at that point, you make sure that the person doing this has good English skills, possibly better oh, than you, which in your case isn't difficult. <laughs> Ouch. Um, ooh, got that one in. Um, but seriously, though, you know, it, the volume of information on the Internet and the places on the Internet, I, I was looking on one of my rare forays into Facebook 
somebody posted, one of my friends posted, that um, they, they they put up some somebody's a copy of somebody's post, and there was something like seven ridiculously bad spelling errors in it, um, and grammatical and everything else. But the message was still there. Now I'm not saying I'm not condoning that as a business opportunity you you put things out that are so badly spelled that they they look like a uneducated teenager have written it. But there's a lot of leeway in in that that you don't need to worry about to quite that level. Um, and by the way, it's also quite possible to find somebody who really seriously does have better English than you to do this stuff. Um, you know, everybody's challenged by rogue commas and quote marks uh, in their business writing. And there are people out there that are actually good at this stuff. Mm. And, and that's the key, the key distinction is that there's always going to be mechanical parts of every task. And you don't worry too much about the mechanical side of things that, yes, they might not be perfect, but what's the overall outcome we're trying to achieve here? Yeah, I, and I mean, I, I have one of my, you know, I like my little quips and phrases, and one of my one of my favourite phrases to my clients is, done is better than none. Yeah, couldn't agree you more. You know, and that is sometimes what we're talking about, and this is, I think, just to come back to the regular business but the online world, um, it is that done is better than none is one of the best reasons to look into outsourcing or outtasking as as you have that distinction in, in some of the work that you've done. Um, but in, in finding somebody else to do something for you, whether it's a point task or an ongoing task, if you're not talking on forums because you haven't, inverted commas, haven't got the time to find the posts and threads to talk on in the first place, then isn't it better to implement, you know, your system, Pete, to, to have somebody go find the opportunities, even just write one or two posts a week um, and you do it yourself than have no voice out there? You don't have to go the whole hog and get somebody to write it for you or audio recording or whatever, but something out there. Similarly, on the front of, of websites, the, the, there are a, a million and one businesses out there that are still driving around with the side of their van with... Um, Billy Twiggy seventy four at hotmail dot com as their only form of online contact because they're scared to death of getting a website built or you know or or that they they can't get a website built to the standard that they want or any of that stuff. But with the advent of things like WordPress and and things like that, you can find somebody in the various outsourcing worlds and and freelance listing sites. That we'll get something up there. Literally, our website with your phone number written across the middle of it and the name of your company, rather than your logo, which can sometimes not have the name of your company in it, which always makes me laugh. But literally, a page on the internet with your name and your phone number or the contact details is something that can be found by the search engines and therefore by a potential client. It doesn't have to be more complicated than that. And you can always find somebody to do it. You know, you don't have to get involved. You don't have to sit there and decide on X, Y, Z. Do I need this? I'm not going to even bother going into the technologies of it. But you know, done is better than none. And outsourcing, finding somebody with a point skill to get it done, sometimes can make a big difference to your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I think the key takeaway here is to actually sort of look at all the different areas of your business to start with, 
and work out what areas of the business that you're working on that aren't core to what you should be doing and getting those off your plate as quick as possible. And then once you've done that, look at each of those tasks, either the tasks you're still doing or the tasks you're delegated to other staff members and break down the actual actions they go through to get the result of that task and see what elements of their actions are mechanical. Now, that accounting example that I gave at the top of the show where you know, what we've done is we've actually broken down some of the roles and the actions that our internal accounts people did and we were able to find some of the stuff they were doing was very, very mechanical. So we were able to actually take that off their plate, give that to a team member in the Philippines, which means that now our accounting team either A, can work less hours, which is obviously better for cash flow, or B, spend more time value-adding to the financial side of the business as opposed to sitting there just punching in accounts payable invoices or doing some of the low-level mechanical tasks. Yes, we want to make sure that they're getting the responses from clients of all the actual responses are being dealt with internally, but the actual physical delivery of the invoice or the accounts payable invoice or whatever it might be like that, very, very mechanical. So we were able to outsource that extremely quickly. See, I really loved that little wrap-up that you did there because you raised two really important things one of which somebody might have thought about and the other one I pretty much bet they what they haven't. The first one is that another word for what we're talking about is delegation. It is getting it off your plate and giving it to somebody else, which is a core tenet of business. Delegating is, is really, really important for you to be able to spend your time focusing on the core business. But the other thing, and, and what I really like about that example, is exactly what you said, that it's not something that you did that you analyzed for mechanics and processes to improve it. It was a process somewhere in your business, one that pretty much, you know, many years ago, you'd already delegated to your account, accounts team. And I think anybody that thinks that their their time is currently, you know, I'm, I'm super efficient. My time's super allocated. I delegate everything, jobs are good in, as we would say. Um, there's still that opportunity to look at the processes of your team or to, to, to get your team to look at their processes, to educate and support your team in looking at their processes to see if they can improve that part of your business. Because this goes all the way down the tree. It doesn't have to just be you in your time. It could be the people that work for you, the, your team, your, your accountants, your bookkeepers, your production staff, whoever it is, there's always room for improvement and to identify these points of mechanics. So that's why I really like that example because it it, it shows it again in that slightly different light. It's not just you handing a task off to somebody and walking away to, to have more time to do something else. It's actually improving the whole business. Exactly right. That's what it's all about. So the, the key cool. thing is to look at every task and process and really break it down by actions. List the actual actions in their, you know, in their verb state, and then you know, mark them as mechanical, core, mechanical, core, 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 mechanical, mechanical, whatever it might be. And then you might be able to find some leverage points in your business. Because anytime you see a mechanical action, that could be a leverage point. Yeah, and the other point you made about, and, and just focusing on on the leverage term there, the other point you made is it's not all about saving you or your staff time or effort necessarily there can be cost benefits to this as well absolutely uh, and therefore therefore it's got that other aspect to it from your business and we're you know we're all the way back to the seven levers of business and the 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 
profitability of your business at the end of the day. Um, so that's really that. I just it's a great example that wraps all that up as one. You've been enjoying another fine episode of Prunercast with Pete Williams and Dom Gocher. Make sure to hang out with the boys online at www.prunermarketing.com or drop them a line via Prunercast at prunergroup.com.